This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. We have merch now. Yeah. Yeah, we got uh, our friends at League Tees designed. When we had Kate Langbrook and her family on, we were talking about the origin of the club. The first name was Footscray Imperial. We were talking about the Bulldog Empire, a sort of Roman thing. So, uh, And then we were really trying to stay away from being British Empire. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going, yeah, and we we figured Roman, you know, Bontempelli's Italian. uh, You know, so we've got a new T-shirt. Have a look at that, Berkey. What do you think of that? So it's got got a Roman centurion dog on there, Footscray Imperial with Danny Boyd podcast. My uh, my uh, my uncle in Denmark has purchased one. Yeah, so I'm hoping that it gets there. <laughs> I got told by a friend of the show, Ben, that he's he's already got his. We haven't got ours yet. Ah, that's is, right. It's a it's a dog in a wheelchair, or is that? That's a that's it's a Roman shield. That's a shield. Ah, oh, thought sorry. <laughs> is it in a wheelchair? <laughs> <laughs> it's go. It, it, it's, it's one of those ones where they have back leg issues. They give yeah. them their <laughs> <laughs> the dogs. <laughs> That's good. That's some good feedback. So, um, leaguetees.com.au, but we've also put it on our socials. I think there's still time for you to order it for Christmas, depending where you are in the world. Probably not Denmark. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight, and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal from inside the centre. G'day, Imperial Forces. Welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the greatest football club in the known universe. That is the Footscray Football Club. Petrarch Limited Trading as Western Bulldogs. I'm Danny McGinlay. You know my co-host. He is the current 150th most goals kicked for the Bulldogs title holder, Tom Boyd. I don't know how long I'm going to hold that, but... Um, no, it's just a good round number. I yeah, check AFL yeah. tables. Jeez, we haven't had that many people kick many goals because I, I didn't kick many in my career. So um, that's good to be here. It's good to see you again, mate. Yeah. I, um, I was just thinking we haven't seen each other since um, since you had the vid. The, the Is that what we call it? The vid? The, the Rona? Vid. The Rona. The Rona. I feel so old school. I only had Delta. I mean, just you know. I feel, you know, I was all cool and yeah. stuff now. You're yesterday's news. So yeah. It's good to see you. You moved house too, which we won't tell you exactly wherever you live. But I, used, I, moved from, if anyone, I moved 600 metres from my old house. And how, how was the experience, mate? Oh, mate, m- moving house after you're recovering from coronavirus with two small kids is just the best. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. The best way to spend a, uh, a couple of days over the weekend. Yeah. Actually, I've got, I, I set up the shed yesterday. I've got, uh, I hate the term man cave. The people who have man caves tend to be men who hate their wives. Mm. But I need a better term than man cave. You well, got anything? You won't like the, uh, the you know, not-for-profit company man cave who are trying to teach young men and women how to have better conversations then. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I, did, I did some work with them the other day. They're doing some terrific work in the schools and sort of helping them build relationships. We should. Um, yeah, let's talk to our. our yeah, host. we probably should bring our guest in. I suppose. Go on. This is one of the biggest we've got. This is like we've got an actual head senior coach, mm. soon to be premiership coach, without a doubt. Also a legendary broadcaster, St Kilda champion, Nathan Burke. Uh, hello, Dan. Hello, Tom. Lovely to be here with you both. Man, this the value. I'm paying less rent here at this new place, but I'm not. Gonna, I, sh- I feel I shouldn't tell him that Nathan Burke's been in the house because that's going to drive up the cost. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Might be the extra, <laughs> extra hundred or two hundred bucks a week that you're trying to avoid. Oh, how's uh, how's how's preseason going, Berkey? What what are we, what are we looking at? What's uh, give get just dive in? Yep, uh, we're, we're nearly at the end. It's only about three weeks or so before we start playing, so it's always good to yeah. get the end of preseason. That's uh, a milestone for. Players and coaches. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting pre-season with COVID. <laughs> yeah, um, Last year we had all the COVID restrictions, but we didn't actually have anyone get it and we didn't have to be tested. Mm. And so this has added a whole new element to it. So we've had multiple periods where all of us have been locked down for a week. Uh, I've been locked down, players have been locked down for two weeks and then locked down for another week. And on the weekend I had, had to send 12 players home from the practice match before it started because one of them had a positive rat test. So oh, things that you uh, don't anticipate dealing with at the start of pre-season, you want to get the players fit and teach them how to play. Um, yeah. And be 
together. Come and, in. Yeah. So what, what does that look like? So you, you got seven days. Oh, you obviously have a protocol in place in terms of training. So yep. how does that sort of play out? Yeah, so the protocol is we do the, the rapid tests before every session. Mm-hmm. So we, we drive into Witten, you've got to sit in your car, you've got to do the test, you've got to go and park your car, and then you get a text saying that you, you're good or you're not, and then you can go in and train. Uh, we also do a proper full PCR every Thursday as well. So we're getting tested four times a week. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, if, as soon as one of those are, are positive, away we go, shut down. So what does the seven days look like for the people in lockdown? I mean, in terms of their training schedule, you, you can't stop. You know, um, well, no, they're, they're locked up. Yep. So we, some of them have got home gym equipment. Yep. Some of them haven't. We try and do our best. To, uh, unfortunately, we had Bonnie and, uh, and Hannah Scott who were both only just got their second dose. So oh, really? the rest of us were seven days, they're 14 days. Right, yeah. And so what we did was we organised a, a treadmill and some other equipment to go to the house. We had Kirsten McLeod, she was uh, close contact and so she was positive, so she was 14 days. So oh, we organised equipment to go around to their house and basically we, we've got everything from you know, women filling up milk jugs, milk bottles, for weights, full yeah. of oh, water, for weights. To, <laughs> yeah. do, to do weights. Um, it sounds like some cruel punishment or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a hazing. Or, or like yeah. you know, breast milk can actually cure it. So yeah, they just yeah. fill up the bottles, drink that, you're yeah. fine. Yeah. So hopefully none of them are at that stage. They haven't got any kids popped out that we didn't know. Um, but yeah, they're, they're doing push-ups and hanging off garage walls yeah, and things well. like that just to get themselves fit. It's so hard. Like yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I always say that, you know, I've said it on this show a few times, so there's the, the two people or the two groups of footballers I think that are most – um, to be admired as the VFL players who you know come through that work a full time job and then make it to the AFL list. It's yep. an incredibly hard journey, but yep. of course the AFLW is quite similar in terms of the routine and structure. Yeah. Then chuck in the fact that there's well, again yeah. getting locked up for a week at a time and yeah. still trying to be fit. Mm-hmm. And as you said, yeah. I mean, uh, what's the turnover in the list this year? I yeah. would presume there's quite a few new players have come on board and you're trying to gel everyone together? Yeah, we are. We've, we've got six new players yep. uh, all up. So three 18, no, Aurora turned 19 today, so three 19-year-olds um, and three older players. So you're talking, what, six players, that's one-fifth of yep. our list. Man, it's um, pretty normal, it, yeah. It's new, <laughs> so you, you're trying to get those those players to you know, give us the edge by gelling them together as, as that, that real united group. So that's hard when you're also trying to get them fit and you're trying to teach them how to play. We only get so many hours a week, the AFL mm. give us, that we're allowed to have. Yep. So each week we've got to put in how, how much we're training the players and if we go an hour over that, they say, no, you're training too much. Pull really? Mm. Yep. Is that, that, that's not COVID restrictions? Yep. That's no, no, that is just general restrictions. So we... To put it in, into perspective, we train um, similar sort of days as your average suburban Northcote football club are training at the moment. So yep. two nights a week and uh, Saturday morning. Yep. That's okay. it. Um, so in many ways, these players want to be professional. They want the league to keep improving and the league wants it to keep improving. But we, we tie one arm behind the players' back and we can't <laughs> say, you know, you, you can't come to the club before five o'clock. Oh, um, and you can't come on your day off, mm. and you can't. And I, if I'm there during the day, I can't say, "Hey, look, I'm free at two o'clock." If anyone wants to come down and do any, any extra skills, um, I'm here. Jump in. You're yeah, not allowed. Not allowed to do that because. Could you have team meetings then? Or is no. That- wow. So nope. do you do you have to like ring no up say Bonnie Tugan and, and like in case the AFL's tapped your phone you have to say oh do you watch the new episode of Succession yes. uh, and then once they're off you go all right this yeah. is how you play on and we, we Cora Staunton I've got Waddy Watson Oval down in in Elstonwick so I'll meet the girls down there every Wednesday morning and hope that no one's listening to this. Um, <laughs> Making some extras. Oh, really? Um, because the the don't, no is, one listens we, to this. We we don't <laughs> play. We don't pay them enough to be full time professionals. No. Yeah. And so, and, and look, uh, on one hand, I can understand it because clubs would take advantage. They'd say, "Hey, look, come in at four o'clock. Hey, yeah, come yeah, in at two yeah, o'clock." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't earn a wage. So I understand why it's there. The way around it is to start paying the players more. Absolutely. And uh, they can make that choice of what they want to do. Yeah. I, and I think, like, uh, I, we had, um, were talking about this actually with Tessa, my, my younger sister, who was on the Bulldogs list for yep. one year. 
Um, and we were talking about the, the big monumental day in the AFLW scheme of things is the day that someone gets to choose whether yep. they want to play footy yep. or they want to work another job. Yep. When the wage is high enough that they can live off it yep. and do what they really want yeah. to do and be passionate about. Look, the, the players want that. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion that the AFL are in absolute no hurry. No. <laughs> they're, they're in no hurry. And look, the CBA is coming up and it just so happened I had a meeting with the AFL in the morning and then a meeting with their Players Association in the afternoon and sort of said, hey, Players Association, what are you going to push for in the CBA because it's up for next season? And um, let, let me just say this, they're in for a fight. Mm, they're right. in for a fight. They're, they're going to push for what the players want um, and the AFL are just happy to have this little product over here on the side and we'll squeeze it in and it won't cost us too much. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be. A, who's be the a fight. head of the AFLWPA? The players are so like who's the union boss, the shop steward? Because it, it was Paddy Dangerfield for the men for a while, wasn't it? He's the Tommy? yeah elected. Oh, I don't know if it's elected. He's the president of the players board. Yeah, yeah. might I add, I I'm not sure what the players board does. <laughs> Neither uh, I, but I really don't know. And and no. look, my criticism has always been they have the superstars of the game on the players board, which yeah. is like. There's only one Paddy Dangerfield, and he's getting paid whatever you know yep. a million bucks a year. Ah, yeah. There's there's 550 players who are getting paid less than 300. Yep. Yeah, that need a bit more attention. Should have been Will Hayes. Just right. uh, chuck him on because he's yeah. he's the one who's you know probably on the the minimum wage and probably yeah understands what it's like to be. Yeah, a- I, I don't know if it needs to be someone on the minimum wage because it's then you got the problem with turnover. The board changes yep. every year, yep. but it should be someone who's Fletcher Roberts. Yeah, great, great example, right? Like yep. the mid, yep. sort of mid tier. He's in and out of the side. He's played. I think he played nine years or something in the AFL. So he's going to be there and hang around, but he can actually guide decision making that serves the best interests of the largest group idea. of players. Yeah. And yeah. surely there's a player who's got skills in this in negotiations mm. and is probably maybe not right. No, no, not really. no, none of that. But is there for the women? Is uh, there? We've, we've got two reps. So Izzy Huntington, who's mm-hmm. just uh, she's. Interested in the bigger picture, mm-hmm. and Kirsty Lamb, who came from, she's working with the, the Cricket Players Association. Oh, brilliant! For, for oh, good. Yeah, okay. that works. So she knows, uh, you know, that that landscape very well. She's worked through CBAs with the cricketers and things like that. So she brings a, an element of experience there as well. So now they're our two reps. Yeah. So I'm interested. Uh, when you said you met with the AFL and you met with the um, Players Association, yep. that's not a super common thing for the men's coaches to do. I wouldn't say. So, no. in what capacity? I mean, without obviously sharing all yeah. the details, you're not allowed yeah. to. Yeah. Well, in what capacity do you sort of sit within that conversation? Yeah. So the AFL meeting was they presented their vision for women's football. Okay. Right. Oh yeah. Last week. Yeah. How did you feel about that when they say we want 50% women's coaches and you just go, oh cool, so I'm out of a job possibly. Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, look, it wasn't what I was looking for, that document. <laughs> let, let, um, I, I was looking for for milestones. I'm, I'm saying, okay, when are we going to have 17 games? We've got 18 yeah, right. teams next year. Yep. When, are we gonna ha- when are the players going to be one day a week? When's yep. the transition from where they are now to where they want to yep. be? And I was part of the men's transition in the early 90s that we, we trained like the girls do at the moment. Yep. Uh, over four years, it went from four o'clock down to two o'clock, then one day a week. And, and some players made that transition and others went, no, this is not for me. That, yeah, so you might choice. actually be as well placed, given your past experience as anyone, to really guide them on the principle of, yeah. hey, the, the, the objective here is the best result for the yep. quality and the the, the life of the game and the players who play it. Yeah. Not, no, I'm not I'm, um, tipping I'm not going to get asked anytime soon. <laughs> part of that process. It was a bit of a robust discussion because I'm going, where's the milestones? Where's the milestones? But they made it very, very clear that this is a vision for women's football as a whole. It's not an AFLW vision. Okay. Okay. And so it's a nine-year women's vision, and that's uh, fluff. Basically. It was pretty yeah. vague. Like, you know, it's we want to be fluff. the most elite women's competition. Yeah. I'm like, well, how do you measure yeah. that? Apparently there's another document of the how behind it. Okay. but Apparently. But you don't get to see that. We don't get to see that, no. So we had that presented in the morning, and that was a bit of a testy meeting because I'm going, hang on, this is not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. They made That's not what this document's about, the CBA and blah, blah, blah. And then, look, we, we just have a meeting with a place association just for – you know, it's good to strike up a relationship. They're the ones yeah. who are looking after the players, so I should get to know who they are and what they're doing and, yep. and how I can help them because I'm, I'm more about 
what can we do for the players? Right. How yeah. more can we get for the players? So as a club, I'm on board with what you want to do for yeah. the players. It's really interesting because that's not the way it works in the men's. No. Right? Because in the men's, the Players Association and the uh, AFL, in a sense, are more aligned than their clubs are with either of them because the clubs are pushing for an edge. And they're yeah, so competitive yep. that, you know, one of the things that I went to to Paul and to a couple of the other people at the and PA about, uh, oh, Paul Marsh. So Paul Marsh. Was especially and who's, Paul, and who's Paul Marsh? He's the, uh, the CEO of the AFL Players Association. Okay. So he, he's negotiated the last two CBAs. He was at Cricket Australia before that. And one of the things that I said to him is that, you know, in a time where you've got a 30% pay cut, why not negotiate for time back? You know, there are restrictions on time. The AFL clubs don't have those restrictions. They have a, a loose restriction pre-Christmas, which is that you're supposed to only have a certain amount of days. But this stuff never happens. Now, the, the most committed players are always going to do it. But there are some players who are really committed and need the balance in their life to be able to do something else. Yeah. I was one of them. I needed to be able to study. And I couldn't study any time except for three hours from 6 till 9 p.m. on mm. you know a Monday, Tuesday, and a Thursday. And that's not sustainable when you're playing games and you're traveling and you know, your schedules are all over the place. So it is interesting to hear that you're actually um, positionally as a club more aligned with the, the PA than the AFL and sort of this weird sort of you know, relationship dynamic that yeah. is kind of surprises me. It, it is. It's unusual. Look, the fact is that the Players Association is largely funded by the AFL. Yeah. So they're trying to fight. This <laughs> Almost <laughs> exclusively. Yeah. yeah. They are. They uh, give it costs them, you about know. 500 bucks a year as a player. And yeah. Really? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and bucks. They, they're getting you know, more than ten million bucks a year from the AFL to run the Players Association, and so this you're, is so corrupt. This is not a group who are you know, at odds with each other. It's one <laughs> an employee trying to fight with the employer on yeah. behalf of the players. Um, but yeah, in terms of the the AFLW, certainly. Um, yeah, we're, we're on board. Not all clubs are. Some clubs are saying, you know, soft cap wise, we don't want it to increase. We're happy where it is. Mm. Um, is that with just the Bulldogs. clubs with less money probably? Yeah, and less care about yeah. AFLW. Um, whereas Bulldogs, we're saying, hey, we need the soft cap to go up because it's gone up 50 grand in sort of six years, which is bugger Which all, is less, uh, less than a, a, yeah. an employee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And yeah. look, they, they did combine the two and say, yes, the, the soft cap for women's and men's is joined. But in the words of Amit Baines to the AFL, that's a complete fallacy because you've just reduced the men's soft cap by three million bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no room to then reduce it further to increase AFLW. Yeah, so of course, yeah. Clubs just aren't going to do that. So whilst in theory it, it happens, in practicality it's Yeah, not no, something that frustrates me most. I mean, in, in my professional life you hear all these chats about culture and all these chats about strategy. And when it comes to the nuts and bolts of what's going to happen, it's very rare that anyone's actually got a plan. Yeah. And, and I, 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 my... my well, I think you're bang on the mark, which is that in my mind for the AFLW, it's, you know, here's what we are at now. We pay whatever it is, 500 grand a year for the the, uh, the yeah. entire program to run. Next year, it's going to be 570 or pick a number and, and slow yeah. increases. And by the 2025, we want the girls to be able to have a choice yeah. between working and playing footy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. not an unachievable goal. And if you put the numbers behind it, then the AFL has got a vested interest in making it work. Yes. Which I think is what you're asking for. Yeah, we're what we're asking for. We, we want the plan. We've been asking for the plan for six years, but it's it's not forthcoming. But uh, and also the, the soft cap, you know, three fifty or something. Yeah, it is. So we've got to run my wage, Deb's wage, everything else. Yeah, yeah, in all that. the equipment and um, coaches. So I, I've had it's my third year coaching. I, I've had two new coaches every year. It's just not sustainable to pay someone five grand. And expect them to be training three nights a week yep. over Christmas. Yeah, you get paid more for, to be a coach of the suburban footy club. Absolutely, you, you get more doing that. Um, and there's no real obvious pathway for those people. They get more coaching down in NAB League. Um, yeah, of course. So every year I've had two new assistant coaches. So where's the continuity for the players to have the same coaches come through yeah. year after year after year? So And are you full-time? Um, are you 12 no. months a year? So when, when, no. when do you I'm, start? I'm... I'm 12 months, yeah. but I'm not full-time. Mm. Right, yeah. So yeah, yeah. basically I need to earn my own wage uh, and the football sort of tops it up. Yeah. Um, if I didn't work for myself, it would be absolutely impo- impossible to, to do the job. Yeah. really uh, is like the 60s and 70s for the men's. 
Yeah, yeah. So right. no, I'm I'm not full time. So Debbie Lee's the only full time person in our whole program. Everything else is pretty much doing it for the love of it. And, and what what's her specific title? Footy. So ops she's or? head of women's football. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she reports I think the players Grant. just call her Debbie Lee. Like yeah. her name is always screamed. She she seems very yes. considering she's the boss. She is yeah. very well loved. Yeah, there's there's no sort of deferential treatment for you know, the the boss. They, <laughs> they 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 love Deb and and Deb loves them and and um, yeah, I've got to make sure that she doesn't get caught up too much in the admin side of it because she gets her energy and her power from mixing with the players still. She's still a footballer yep. at heart, even though she's sort of more admin at the moment. So we've got to keep Deb involved with the group. Yeah, it's actually really funny too because, you know, obviously having worked closely with the Bulldogs and sort of seen the transition when the, the, the actual uh, AFLW side came in and then hearing about some of even the medical staff having to go over and trying to, you know, work with the, the, the women's team. And then realizing that their job when they work with the women's team doesn't consist of just being a physio or just yep. it consists of creating the entire injury framework, creating all of the programs because no one's done it because there's just not enough staff. Yeah. So you're talking about they're, they're playing at the highest possible level they can. They're expected to play at the highest possible level, but there's no infrastructure to give them any support in all of the things that would be considered an absolute necessity on the men's side. And and also, would it be from a medical perspective, if you're a physio for the men's, you come out, women's bodies, are they that different that it's an entirely different way of doing it? Because I, I want to ask, you've coached yep. men as well, haven't you, Berkey? For a couple of years, yes. Yeah. How, yes. how, how different is it? Uh, it's quite different. Yeah. yeah. No, it's very different. Um, different nuances. Plus, co- coaching the men at AFL level, it, it is very serious. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you've <laughs> got to be the reason why I got out is that you have to be all consumed mm. in football. Yep. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> yeah. You're at My co host other games can vouch that that yes. is not yeah, fun. It's not about your family. It's not about no, it's, you, know, you, you, get a, you have to be. get decent holidays. That's about it. Yeah. So to me, I that wasn't me. No. I did it for two years and thought, no, nah, this is I'm I'm not the football head that I need to be mm. to be able to do this job. Not properly but the way they expect you to do the job. Yeah, of course. That's the, the difference. Um, with the, the females, to me, AFLW is closer to the football I played in the early to mid-90s. Um, stylistically, you're talking? Yeah, both. Yeah. Probably stylistically in terms of, you know, the, the men's game at the moment I find is very formulaic yep. in terms of a player gets it here – I know exactly where they should go and what they're expected to do. Mm-hmm. So from, from this part here, they've got to go there. Yeah. For players, there, they have to go there because that's the formula. That yeah, there's a few stylistic there. differences team yeah. to team, but as a whole. Yes, yeah. as a whole. Whereas the mid-90s, there wasn't so formulaic. It was, you know, you've got to get it to that, that end of the ground as yeah, fast yeah. as you can. Um, and we're pretty much similar as that. We don't have the skills at the moment to be so formulaic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit more free-flowing, you know, get it down there as any way, shape, form as you yeah. can, as fast as you can to Izzy Huntington by herself and yeah, we'll kick a goal. Um, so that's that style of football I, I like more. Plus the, the... And you have cigarettes after the game. Plus the whiskey to keep yeah. you warm when it's cold. The, the, the allowance of, of, of fun. Um, yeah. It ah. still has to be fun. Um, you know, we're not paying them enough to. Yeah, know, to it's go got to be an experience. Yeah. It's got to be fun. They've got to enjoy themselves. If if the play, if the women aren't enjoying themselves, they're not going to do it as well as they possibly can. Mm. Um, so that connection part and the fun part, the the learning part, the blokes almost they they're too scared to tell you what they don't know in case you might judge them. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. There's no such thing as a stupid question. It's only no. like a, a theoretical statement. Yeah. And <laughs> whereas the the women, um, I say, hey, you're going to have a run around on the wing this week. I don't know how to play the wing. Yeah. You know, oh, they can just played there before. Don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. So you give them a couple of tips. They go out and do it. Then they come back and they say, oh, thanks for that. That was great. Mm. I, I learned something. They're good. So they're more than happy to tell you what they don't know and just willing to learn. Whereas, you know, the, the blokes. It's completely different in that yeah. aspect. Now, is that due to um, you know the culture of you know men having full time professional uh, backgrounds, or just blokes being stubborn and not admitting they don't know things? 
Because I, I fully admit, you know, I, yeah. I never played professional football, but yeah, if you both. said, I want you to, you know, isolate him and then uh, yeah. run off him and I'd go, yeah, yeah, I know what those terms mean. Yep, yeah. yep. I think it's probably because, um, you know, to the, uh, the uh, sort of really regimented structures and routines that AFL men's players go through, you get taught that from when you're quite young. So right. there is a quality of coaching through this under-18s competition. And I, I, like I started to learn specific craft in terms of how to move my body and how to train when I was 14. Oh, wow. Because the Eastern Rangers under-15s program had a bunch of you know coaches who were either aligned with wanting to be an AFL coach or had been AFL coaches cause, or, or AFL players in Darren Buick. So I think learning those things at a really young age. And there's also... I think each role in terms of positionally on the ground is very defined as an AFL player. It's like if you're a winger, your job is to, you know, basically play a half of the ground and then run up and back, but also always protect the open side. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of your job. Yeah. Whereas in the fat side, as we learned, right, as side. I learned. Yeah, which I didn't, I couldn't believe you didn't know what the fat yeah, side Yeah, I got a lot of criticism that from one mates is the one for that. that. Most people should though. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and as a key forward, it's like bring the ball to ground. You need to play, um, you, know, you know, get up and back, try and get, you know, get behind your man and then try and expose him, whatever it is. Like every position has basically got a sort of defined role. But when you go to local level, there's a lot more fluidity because you, can, you can't tell a 19-year-old who you know, works on the tools all week <laughs> how, how to play like that. Yeah. yeah okay. And I think that's where the sort of the natural part of the game comes out and the flair and a bit of fun. Yeah. And I can't – I haven't got time. Right, exactly. Actually, yeah, there's only no, one of you. I get a 15-minute meeting at quarter to six <laughs> and then we're out on the track at six and we're off the track at eight and then they've got to go into the gym for 50 minutes. So that's 10 to nine. So they can't have another meeting then. So I get three 15-minute meetings a week and yep. if the players leadership group take up one and then the welfare people take up another one, well, there's one. Then I, I, I hand that over to the line coaches. Yeah, uh, They can do that. So... Yeah, I, I can't do so, all that. So how do you distribute stuff. your you know, game plan into information? Is it more through, you know, the online tools that you have available? A, a bit it's more more just the, the training drills yeah, okay. that, yeah. that we do. So, you know, if I, this year I'm you know, we're playing the stand rule, so the opportunity to run pass and handball more yep. will be part of the way that we play. So yep. you quickly talk about it, then you go out and practice. Yep. So it's just basically out there practicing. So Yeah, so do you find I mean, again, because you've coached the, the men's as well, and so the, the men's is a lot of it, like a lot of the men's training is obviously, there's there's always going to be an element yep. of conditioning. Yep. There's also the element of um, really stylistically learning how to play yep. um, together. Yep. Uh, is is there much difference in terms of the way you train the girls? Yeah, so I don't do, we, in terms of conditioning, yep. we don't do, you know, yeah, okay, you got ten hundreds and you got three two hundreds and you got two four hundreds. I haven't got time nah. for that. So you just so get it all within the drills. Everything we do is within the drills. Um, so they've got GPS on them at every single session. I've got a lady there with a the computer going, Yep, they're at seven and a half Ks or at five Ks. So mm. the fitness people say to me, Tonight's about a six K night and so I'll design my drills so that the players wow. in that time space will will have run six k's and they've done 10 top end efforts and their uh high speed running will be two kilometers of that six kilometers yep so how do you work out that algorithm um it's catapult mate it's a the gps company they just they have all these they're uh, called catapult or yes, is this another called, footy term i don't no, know they're called catapult okay yeah. So they just have all these markers, right? So a sprint effort is when you run over 25 kilometres an hour okay. for more than a second. Yeah. So that's a sprint effort. <laughs> wow. It's 21 for us. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. yeah, so they, yep. the, the speeds are a little bit different. But, you know, and then a H- HIR is, I think, plus 18 in the men's. It's, it's, it's so What's HIR? Uh, high, high intensity, intensity running. running. Okay. okay. So cool, it's, cool, cool. it's how long. So if you ran whole six Ks in the whole training, yep. uh, we want – Two kilometers of that to be over seventeen kilometers an hour. Mm. Okay, which so proportionally training. compared to the men's is really high. Yeah, because really? in, the, in the men's the volumes are so much bigger. Yeah. So like a main training session for us would be fourteen or fifteen k's, yeah. and the guys would get you know, three to four kilometers of HIR. Right. Yeah. So we're doing maybe seven k's, seven and a half k's total, two and a half to three k's of HIR. Mm. So when they do you train, tell them that they train? Yeah, yeah. So all right, and you I, need. I, Bonnie, you're on. You need, you know, 17 more HIRs. If they come off training and they haven't reached what we want them to reach, well, then it's okay, you got a 400, you got a 
hundred, two hundred. Yeah, oh, okay. Five hundred. You need to top it up, but that's <laughs> most of them get it mm. during the night. Yep. Um, and we have. Is that embarrassing for them? You go, nah, you didn't um, run hard enough. You got to go. No, it might be a little bit of positioning type stuff. So if I'm doing a lot of oh, okay. work around the the midfield stoppages, kicking it forward, well, that might mean that a forward might have to stand there and wait for us. Yeah, to do yeah, yeah. That of course. So the midfielder working hard, but if it doesn't come down for thirty seconds or so, and then we do also meters per minute, um, yep. which is something we've got to get up as well. So every minute, how far they run have moved. So, so, so to put that into context, one game. Liam Picken ran 161 metres a minute for the entire game. Hang on. that So that that's like just under three metres a second. Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, that, you do the math, but it is yeah. ridiculously high. Yeah. Oh, my God. So metres per minute. So what we have to do then is I've got to say to my assistant coaches, yeah, cut, cut down your instruction. So instead of taking two minutes to explain a drill, oh, man. 30 seconds because – they're standing around, so that metres per minute is down, so you've yep. got to get it up. So you've got to teach them how to play, plus get them fit all in that little window. So Which much of coaching is just maths. No, well, it's not like this. I mean, so not like this in the men's. I mean, no? in the men's, you've got Matt Innes, who's the high-performance manager at the Bulldogs, unless he's something changed recently, um, and he will design all that stuff. Oh, and okay. Calvin Phillip, the other guy who's, who works underneath him, they'll design it. The physios will oversee it. They'll talk to certain players. Bebo doesn't have to worry about any of that. Yeah, so I've got ah. Olivia Knowles. She's my high performance manager. Yep, and um, she'll come out and tap me on the shoulder. Yep, say so, because I, I my my standard line is just one more. So yeah, if, we, if we're doing a <laughs> yeah. drill, yeah, if we're doing yeah, you know, kicking in the forward line or something. She'll come out. She go, Berkey, we hit the limit. Okay, just one more. Yeah, just, just one more. <laughs> we always, want, we always want more. One more. One more. So um, she knows. But so she'll. Go backwards and forwards from the computer out to me. She's my link to say, yeah, yeah. yep, they're working hard enough, pull pull up stumps or not, you, know, you can keep going. And what about psychologically uh, different dealing with men and women? Like it seems so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, can you give them a spray? Yep. Like it feels, something feels very insidious yep. about yep. a man screaming at a woman. Yeah, no, uh, I've never done that. Um did you do it to the men? Uh, yeah, because Grant, okay. Grant Thomas made us at certain times. <laughs> he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I want you to go really hard on this and scream at him this week. And so that, that yeah, was Because that makes heaps of sense, yeah. Yep. Um, no, I, if you get the right relationship with the players, yeah. um, I will get far more out of them by being disappointed. Than, than yelling at them. Yes. And I, I did the other week. I, I thought they were mucking around a little, a little bit too much before training. So I just said before we start, guys, look, you know, we've probably wasted 10 minutes there and, you know, it's not good enough. And and they just sort of looked at me like they were yeah. burst into tears. And I've gone, but it's okay. I still love you all. Now go out and train. Off we go. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good I, I dad think, tactic. Mm. Yeah. So that, I'm the, taking the, notes. The, the, <laughs> the, the disappointment works far more than than yelling. And, and honestly, I haven't had to yell at them once in three years. Is yeah. that would that be common in all AFLW? Like, no, would, some coaches just that's just the way that they operate. Yeah. They, so if you got a yell. men's job now, would you yep. not spray? Would you would you do the same thing? Um, you. You'd only spray if it was absolutely genuinely warranted. Mm, yeah. I think what a lot of coaches do is they play mind games, mm. and yeah. and you know I'll spray now because I need them to you know sharpen up and that sort of stuff. But I think that's lazy. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, that's lazy. The, the play should know why they need to sharpen up and what they're doing that's not right, and all those reasons first. But yeah, um, just just using the, the the yell and the mind games, that's lazy coaching. Yeah. My, my dad used to say, he goes, you, you got two a year, you know, he, he only coached local level, yep. but he said with the 16, he said, you, you yell at them more than once every few, like if you yell at them every couple of weeks, they're not going to yep. listen. Yep. And, and I think it really speaks to, I mean, the quality of the coach, which it sounds certainly like the way that you approach it. The, the quality is, hey, we've got a really strong relationship and you know that I care about you and you know that I want your career to improve. So if I come to you and I say, hey, you, I need more from you, you are Better than what you're putting out at the moment, oh, and yeah, here's why. Yeah, yeah, that's when you get the results yeah. that it's desired. Absolutely. And look, men sometimes what they do is if you, if you got a group of men and you say, right, you, your effort today was shit house, and your you know, your skills were terrible, and you're pathetic today. Half the men in the room will be 
trying to deflect it and go, yeah, yeah, yeah Danny, your skills are terrible, and and Tom, yeah, 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 your effort was terrible. But they, they deflect. Yeah. But if you make a blanket statement in front of the women, every single one of them will take it on board. Mm. Wow. Um, and if I did happen to point out one player, sometimes yep. the men will be going, I'm glad he's picking on him. <laughs> yeah. You know, Danny, you can cop it all you want. But that one where if I pick out one of the women, yeah. um, then all the other women will be feeling just as bad as that one. Will they, they jump they on the grenade going, no, 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 they leave yeah. off Bonnie. No, no, yeah. I, I, gave, I didn't yeah. give her the right yeah. deliveries. Yeah. And no, they, they have greater empathy for their teammates in a lot of in a, in a lot of ways. I believe that. It, it yeah. won't be a case of, I'm glad he's not yelling at me, I'm glad he's yelling at her. <laughs> it, they'll all take it on, whereas the blokes will be going, yeah, great, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the radar if they're yelling at Danny. <laughs> you agree yeah. with that, Tom? Oh, it's hard to hide when you're six foot seven. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I tried. This is when you try it. You yeah. try on Thursday afternoons after you've played rubbish for a couple of weeks and you're yeah. thinking about maybe going back to the twos and you're trying to get off the field. I stay on the other side of the ground. Bevo's not going to notice, <laughs> and then he finds you anyway. Uh, no, he doesn't. Just yeah. the best. You know, there's just no way around it. You can't turn your phone off. You just you're going to get it at some stage. Well, yeah. uh, that was a great question from uh, Haley. I've got. Uh, I'll just go into some other ones. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think. Well, let's just get this one out of the way because I think this will be your um, sportsman's night story for probably the rest of your life. How did you juggle being a dad and being a coach? Yeah. In that, like, it's your first game coaching the Bulldogs. Is that, that that's uh, accurate? No, first game last year. Yeah, okay, yeah. you've done a season yes, already. Yes. Okay, sweet. All right, but it's her first game. Yep, against yep. the side you're coaching. That must have taken some very strong compartmentalizing. It, it did to a to a degree. We we sort of turned it into a fun thing. Okay, um, and so I I hit a Bulldogs. Scarf up the back of her car on the, on the back compartment <laughs> thing, so she's driving around with a bulldog great. scarf on the back, and uh, she made a cake, and she said, "Oh, I've made a cake for you. It's in the fridge. Oh, beautiful. There, yeah, it, was, it was nice, red, white, and black, yeah. and, and stuff like that." So we had a had a bit of fun with it, and yeah, I just said right from the start, I said, "Look, if you if you're getting too many kicks, well, I'm gonna." Chuck someone on you, and you know, I'll stop you. And so that's because you have know to do. you know her weaknesses better than anyone. Yeah, yeah, and um, vice versa. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> she's going to put someone you on you. <laughs> I want you to go out there and absolutely you know, have a crack at me. But um, yeah, because it was her first game, there was all that sort of stuff there yeah. as well, and the first game of the season down at Moorabbin, and so and there was a lot of other things going on. A lot of listeners might have forgotten, but I've maintained the range. What was the free kick count that night, Berkey? 26 to 6. Yeah. Oh, no, it's straight off the top of my head. What the hell? <laughs> what was that? Was uh, look, I um, I tried to take the – when those things happen, you, you look internally and go, right, what have I missed? Did, did I miss a memo? Yeah. Said, this is how we're going to umpire uh, at the moment. Uh, have I not taught the players properly? Once you work through all the internal stuff and then you figure out that, no, it's not you – then we sort of said, hey, you know, is this the way it's going to be? You did we, a, we were the a first please game. explain to the umpires? We were the first game. Well, or to the uh, league? Not, not officially. Unofficially. <laughs> um, Off the record. And, Off uh, the podcast. Yeah. And you'll, you'll notice that the other games that sort of um, followed us weren't umpired the same. Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they just. But that happens, right? They had two AFL. Yeah, M men's umpires come down and Oh that's and, right. Razor Ray was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who I just figured lives around the corner for me from my new house and so oh, we really? ran into each other a fair bit. Um, but uh yeah, oh, apparently he's a legend of a bloke. We should get. I would love he to get him on. Yeah, I, I'm sure I could ask. I, I've met him quite a few times. He's a good guy. He just couldn't bounce it high enough in the centre bounces. So sort of actually, <laughs> it, it 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 just it was dangerous because as a, as a ruckman, if the ball's not high enough, I can't jump. You've got to run into each other. Yeah. you know, it's not you're not sort of going up and meeting at the eclipse. You're just pounding, colliding. Yep. And uh, I was never bigger than the ruck when I was up again, so I needed the ability to jump over him. And anyway, so that's my one criticism of Razor. But he speaks quite well too. He does uh, uh, quite a few different things, and he's obviously been heavily criticised a lot of his career. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, and yeah, sort of kept it all together. And he would stay off socials. You'd hope. Well, yeah, maybe. So maybe. yeah, I, I didn't like him until they mic'd him up, and then I did full one eighty. I absolutely love him now. I think he's hilarious. Uh, when he told Rock Smith. Do not talk to me like that. <laughs> How do you have the sense of calm in the middle of a game to come up with that? I thought it was uh, – anyway. 
Anyway, love Razor. Uh, all right, uh, another. Oh, any, any chance we could recruit your daughter? I know you, she's there on father daughter. Uh, but no, on, no, 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 no. I think um, a lot of our players don't come from football backgrounds, and they don't necessarily understand how you pick a team. Okay. They, they might be thinking in their own mind, and, and when when I talk to them, well, why is that person in? And, well, that person plays centre-half back and you're a forward pocket. So <laughs> that's why they're in. And I need, I need the makeup of the team to be, in case, in case they go small, I need a small defender rather yep. than a tall defender. And there's all those nuances. If I throw in the mix, hey, my daughter's in the team, um, that would really complicate things. Of course. So what I do is we, we pick the team early. We pick it on a Tuesday. Oh, wow. And I ring every single player on a Wednesday. Um, and a lot of them are the discussions about why you're not in but have to go through the nuances of, of how you actually pick a team where we're not only looking to you know, beat the other team, we, we want to exploit them and make sure we're not exploited. So it might mean this player gets in mm. over you and all that sort of stuff. So is that a lot more variability than you'd say that happens in the men's side of things? Because in the men's side of things, you kind of, you know, you're, you know where you play yeah. for starters, yeah. and there's probably you know, there's probably three or four players, maybe maybe a couple more each year who sort of change roles. Or you yeah. know, think think Bailey Dale this year was like yeah. a, a good yep. example. Yep. Um, so, is there a lot more flexibility in that sense? Do you think? Um, to a degree, to a degree, but similar sort of thing. Like, uh, you know, is he well? Is he hunting? She won her best and fairest and rising star and everything at, at centre half back. And then we mm. just said, right, are you playing full forward next year? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you can. Uh, Izzy Grant um, was sort of struggling a little bit on the wing, sort of running up and down. It's, it's a hard position. Yep. So we say, right, I get behind the footy and just play half back flank. When it comes your way, win it and send it back the other way. And she's going head leaps and bounds. So yeah, they do need to be flexible mm. to a large degree, yeah. Because, mm. you yeah, know, we've, we've only got 30 players on yeah. the list. And yeah, and, uh, yeah, I suppose because, look, my thought process is, you know, I was taught to be a forward and a ruckman since I was yep. 10 years old. Yep. And if you're coming from a different sport, you know, it's harder for you to say definitively this is where I play and yeah. I know this position. Yep. So you're, yep. you're dealing with yeah. the variability of lack of knowledge and then trying to, you know, construct a team probably based off – more yeah. so your opinion of where they play their best, which yes. of course is every coach's yep. job, yep. but less so about, yep. hey, you're a, you're, yeah. a, you're, a, you're, a, uh, you're a back flanker. The, the easy way to do it is to say, hey, you're going to be great. <laughs> to so, sell. Kate, yeah, Katie Lynch come across to us from Collingwood. Uh, she was a midfielder and a forward. Um, you know, I reckon you are going to be a gun sent half back. Mm. And you know, generally, and then teach them how to play and then give them the opportunity. And Katie was, what, fifth in our best and fairest or something last year mm. playing centre half back never played there before in her life yep. so yeah it's, it's part of it is how you sell it do you use yeah. metaphors do you go it's, it's, it's just like wing attack but uh, <laughs> you, you, no it's just like it's just like off, bowl, off spin bowling you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> look we've got Al Bennett's um, so Al Bennett's has come to us from GWS fantastic netballer National League netballer um, she played half back flank initially moved up to the wing I'm going to play her in the midfield and part of Playing in the midfield is is your fast feet being able yeah, to yeah. zigzag from here to there, here to there to, to get to the right yeah, spot. Which I imagine she's got it in which spades. Netball does. So, hey, yeah. let's bring out that talent in you. Remember how netball, if you've got someone hopping around next to you, you've got to go bang, bang and shoot past her. Yeah, yeah. Same thing in footy. Yeah. And she's just picked it up like a duck to water. Oh, the yeah. commentators are just going to dine out on the netball background. Oh, God. <laughs> the, the whole, it's, the, it's the Bont played basketball yes. discussion that we've had before. <laughs> Although Which, I'm getting more sick of people mentioning that commentators mention it than, uh, than commentators actually, actually mentioning it. Like everyone will just go, oh, Pendlebury, oh, they're going to talk about how he's got a basketball background. I actually haven't heard a commentator say that for not, about a decade now. No, yeah, well, not, a, not for a while. But, but like the thing is, like the, the silly thing is that they like that style of player, which you're talking about. It's got the fast feet and can move laterally. And Pendles was an, he was an Australian basketball player. Yeah. You know, bon, and so were bon, you, weren't you? No, you I wasn't Australian. No, I played state level. But, okay. but my point being that I went through with all these. Christian Petraka, Australian level basketball. Okay. Right? Bont. Very good footballer. <laughs> I, I just, you know, like, and it, it, it's it's just it's the way that they associate the movement with a sport. But it, he look, Bond, I don't know where Bond got to, but he was the same age as me, and I no, never saw him once. So yeah, okay, and I would have because I went through all of these state and, and interleague and representatives, and there's all sorts of different things you do. Yeah, let the facts get in the way of a good story. Yeah. Damn straight. Yeah. 
if I'll just make up the Bont was actually an opening batsman for yeah, he Australia. Yeah, he was actually between him and Ben Simmons to see he was going to be, you know, <laughs> not, not only dating the Kardashian, but also in a lockout. It's ben Simmons it. dating a Kardashian? He was. Yeah, uh, oh, wait, I just remember Jenna. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, we've got a couple more questions for, for Berkey. Uh, one is uh, from Matty. She's had a couple of good questions. I'll ask yeah. uh, this one first. Do you think the AFL should follow in the A-League's footsteps and just call it AFL, men's and women's? It's a, it's a really good question. Mm. Um, I, I, was, I was tossing up whether they should, but I like what the A-League have done. I, I think, do too. I think the A-League have almost come up with a – an answer that helps everyone. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, AFL, yep, you've got your men's AFL and you've got your women's AFL. I, I think the uh, A-League don't do a lot of things right, but I think they've done, <laughs> I think they've done that right. Yeah. 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 And something they've done really awesomely in the A-League uh, is now on Melbourne Victory, uh, every match in Melbourne is a double header. So you can go yep. and it's the same, same mm. ticket. So yep. you can go in early, oh, see the idea. women play a curtain that, That's razor. actually a really good idea. You know who they actually should ask about this whole question instead of – they should ask the players yeah. <laughs> what, they, what the AFLW girls actually want because it's, they're, they're custodians of the game at the moment. That's true. I remember when the AFLW Bulldogs team was first uh, you know, brought in mm. and I was hosting an event for the Bulldogs and brought out the AFLW players and I asked Katie Brennan a, a question backstage. I'm just going, hey, because you, you're the female Bulldogs team, you're calling yourselves the bitches. And she just looked me and I went – no, never say that. No, <laughs> yep, cool. I never will. Yep. <laughs> so yep. That's dropped. Yep. Um, Matty Helso has another great question. Uh, take us back to the St Kilda change rooms when you were playing there. What were the discussions about the Bulldogs then? Like when you were playing against us, you know, taking on Libba Senior and yep. Chris Grant and yep. things like that, yep. is there any memorable ways that you took us on? Uh, look, it's funny because I go back to the, the State of Origin games. Okay. So the the state of origin games, what would happen? Obviously, you'd get sort of you know all, all the good players from from every club was was represented, and naturally some clubs would sort of just drift together. So you get the you know the the big headed Carlton players and the <laughs> you know the Collingwood players and 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 that sort of stuff. And I don't know what it was, whether it was just the the suburban sort of probably not that Bat- successful battlers. over the time, the battlers at the time. But if I mix with any other teams, uh, you'd mix with Westy and John O and really? Smithy and oh, Grandy and smaller clubs represent. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah we just sort of. Yeah, they were good blokes. And yeah. yeah, hopefully we were we were good blokes as well. So where was Glen Archer was, then? Because North were pretty big, but also some tiny club. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. No, that was an interesting time at North Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you sort of always had that little bit of an affinity with the Western Bulldogs because we okay. were very similar. Yeah, there was times there where you know, Libba would hound the hell out of halves and that sort of stuff, and yeah, <laughs> that that'd be a, a different dynamic. But you also did also want to beat the teams that were at your level. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. So they were sort of at our level, so it was the rivalry was there absolutely. But in terms of you know, which team had another bunch of good blokes, well, the Western Bulldogs did. Mm. Wow, that's good. No, good to know, isn't it? Well, it wasn't conducive to a lot of success, so. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think hates the 97 Adelaide Crows more, the Saints players or the Dogs players? Oh, I think it's probably mutual. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Man, Uh, that would just would have been, in a parallel universe, the Dogs and the Saints played in that grand final and it just would have been the best week of football in Melbourne, the most romantic honeymoon. Yeah, no, that would have been special. Yeah. That one would have been – and and I did – yeah, I said to the girls last year when we played Adelaide, and look, you know, I, I don't like Adelaide. I'm going to throw it out there on the table. I'm going to get up for this game. And most of them sat there with blank looks. They weren't even born then. Yeah. So they got, I was, no, I was why, two. Why do you hate Adelaide? Yeah, what, why do you hate Adelaide? What, what, I have to go through the whole story. So, uh, yeah. yeah, how many players do we have born before 97? Oh, how many years ago? That, what's that, 20? That's 20... Four now, oh, so we yeah, have a no, few. Yeah, yeah, got a few. Yeah, okay, yeah, got a few. But uh, whether they were sitting down actually engrossed in football at the time, uh, probably not. Ali Blackburn would have been. She mm. would have been right over. Yes, she's and she was a Saints fan. She was a mad Saints fan. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure of many others. All right, and a final question. This is from uh, uh, Danny in Northcote. Um, uh, 
it's not about the Norm Smith, Tom. Actually, I, forgot, I just realised I was setting up my running joke there. Okay, um, uh, first of all, who should have won the Norm Smith in 2016 <laughs> and should Scotland have another independent referendum? <laughs> Someone brought up Scotland actually recently about that over the weekend. Yeah. So all I could do was think of you. They're not real questions. They're not real questions. Sam Kerr, um, last week in that um, uh, Champions League match against Juventus, that dickhead ran on the field. And by the way, I was talking about the insidiousness of a male coach screaming at a female player. A male pitch invader to a women's game, that seemed a lot more sinister. Yeah, until she floored him. Until she floored, yeah. Yeah. Which player do you think would be the best at flooring... A, uh, a dickhead who runs on the field. And uh, this is what I say in my other podcast, by the way. If you're going to pitch invade, if you're going to yep, streak, yep. if you do it with clothes on, you're an idiot. Mm, clothes yep. off, good work. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Commitment. Look, I, would, I would have said Kirsty Lamb. Yeah. So Lamby would run through anyone. Um, I might change my mind in terms of flooring him because every now and again I, I, get, I get bored at training and I join in. Oh, really? So, yeah, run up and down, do a bit of lane work and run around, that sort of stuff. And I got carried away the other day. We are doing a bit of a sort of a three-player weave drill and uh, I zigged when I should have zagged and I ran straight into Elise Gamble and we clashed heads. And uh, I, so we both got down. I've jumped up. I thought I've, you know, I've killed because I hit her pretty hard. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she must be the, the, the big Tasmanian... You're just, you're just worried that HR are going to have a chat I, to you. I came off second best. I had a big bruise on my cheek. I couldn't smile for two days because my cheek was out here. Oh, um, no. So, yeah, if, I, if Elise Gamble ran through a pitch invader, they good luck if they get up. Was, what was the response from everyone? Were they having a good chuckle or were they a bit oh, concerned? Yeah, a little bit of both. This particular drill, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just handball, basically. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man up and down. It's very simple. The week before, we had two players run in, into each other and uh, Elizabeth Snell had teeth knocked out. Um, oh, wow. So she's can't train for a couple of weeks until they set. Um, I ran into um, Gams and then uh, what else do we have? We had uh, another player, two players running into each other. So for a fairly <laughs> innocuous drill, mm. we, we've sacked that one now. Yeah, yeah. We'll just go full on tackling because they're prepared for it. Yeah. So, well, uh, that that drill used to be the typical one where they'd put a couple of people with. Uh, so it's three man weave up and back, right? And then they'd put a couple of coaches with bump bags yeah. in there. And the name of the game was to blindside someone. <laughs> <laughs> and it was either Jaden Shea, who was the property, is the property guy, or so a lot of the time it was Gia who was in there. Yeah. And it was just who yeah. can. Well, that's the thing. I thought I'd be smart, not actually. I won't grab a bag in the middle because they do like yeah. from nowhere. And, yeah. and, and if they knock ass. you over, it's the best thing. Oh ever. yeah. So I thought I'm not going to have that embarrassment. <laughs> I'll join in actually handball, and then uh, yeah, came off. Oh. So I had to. Uh, so I, I got to buy the, all the lollies this week. So yeah, before training, they 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 work. They want to come and they want to have something to eat. Just to yeah. Yeah. players buy their own lollies and stuff like that. So they get a little bit jealous as they walking past the men's kitchen. Um, yeah. Yep. Although yeah, I have been known to stock up and good take it up mm. our end. Good on you. Um, I can get. I'll get you a key if you want. We'll just yeah. pinch, pinch some protein. Beautiful. I know a few new pe- a few yep. people in the building yep. still. Yep. Do you reckon the, the, the code is still the same to get into it's the It's not yeah. a code. It's a oh, key no. for the protein because ah. everyone used to just pinch it and then they put a lock on it because yeah, AFL yeah. players aren't known for paying yeah. for their own stuff. Yes. <laughs> so that, yes. So the AFL players do have one sandwich press less than they had last week. Oh, Good. really? Yeah. So you only need one. That's right, exactly. Yeah. How many people um, making sandwiches? So, uh, yeah, so I've got to buy all the lollies this week. And oh. uh, I did bet them the other day that if they didn't give away a 50 metre for the stand rule, then I'd buy all the food. Oh, nice. Um, which they didn't. So we're playing wow. the stand rule for the first time. Yeah. And they didn't so give a 50 away. They didn't give one away. We had proper umpires and everything. I said, look, you know, be really harsh on them because I need to learn. But they didn't give one away, the buggers. Now I've got to buy all the food. <laughs> what, what do you think the stand rule is going to do for the, the female competition? Because um, for the men's, in a way, it's kind of – it's made it better and it's made it worse. Yeah. You know, it's really killed some positions on the ground, in yeah. my opinion. It's really yeah. killed that sort of mid-size forward. Yeah. I I dislike taking a player out of play. Yeah. Part of our game was everyone was involved all the time. Right. But you're actually taking a player out of play, and it's just not football for me. Yeah. Um, people say, yeah, it, it has actually helped with a run past, stuff like that. Yeah, and changing angles. But and- if coaches had have said 
we want you to run past and we want you to handball to that player, they can still do it with a person on the mark. Yeah. One run that just side, takes more skill. Yeah. Exactly. So really, they're saying, oh, it's, it's made this happen, but the coaches could have done it without the rule mm. if they wanted to. Um, my concern is that there's some AFLW games that are three goals to four. Yeah. Um, four goals to five. If you give away... Uh, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. If one girl gets tired and she... You know, takes a step to the left, you get a pedantic umpire like we had in round one last year, <laughs> and a team gets two goals yeah. from that. Yep, yep, yep. There's there's a game from from nothing. That, that's so a yeah, that's a really good. That's point. my big concern in low scoring games that you're pretty much yep. going to give away goals for any free kick. Yeah. So so uh, what what's the positive? Do you think? Do you think it will open up play a little bit more? Maybe get away from sort of the some of the rolling malls that happen at times. Yeah. So one of our they they did a study that. Um, in the men's game, I think it's something like five, seven steps before you get tackled traditionally. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, that, that much. In the women's, it's two, two and a half yeah, steps. Oh. So they tackle so well. So if it does allow players to run past, break a line and get over congestion or yep. around congestion, that's going to be a good thing. Yep. Um, the player's skills are improving, so we can hit that 45 kick a lot yeah, better than yeah, what we right. used to yep. be able to do. So we'll... we'll Wait and see. So I think it, if we use it properly, it could have advantages. I, I'm just fearful of, of the downside of the potential over umpiring, yeah. over umpiring, and could have effect on because we we said to the, well, the girls kick thirty meters, bring it back to a thirty meter free kick, and they said no, 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 we're we're keeping it at fifty because uh, they want high scoring as well. They don't yeah. care how it comes. Yeah. They want to be able to promote. Hey, it's eight goals to seven. Uh, and so, and so, sorry for my naivety. Yeah. So how many games are there this year? So there's ten games, right? Yeah. And the first three yeah. rounds, they'll be trying to yeah. work out our umpire. Yeah. And you swing three games, yeah. and your season shot. Yeah. So that it's the volume, I think, that's as much of an issue. Um, yeah. But then you know it, it's going to suit teams who've got a forward who can take a catch and. Yeah. So we've got a a, a mobile forward. We don't necessarily have a tall forward line. Mm. So if we can get the ball in there quickly, to yep. Izzy Huntington and Nell and. Rocky Cranston, new player, and Bonnie, and uh, if we can get the ball in quickly to those players one on one, that's going to suit us. Pretty excited. Um, we should before we wrap up, we need to announce that uh, we have a team. Well, the players are pumped this year. We've actually got FFC on our jumpers. Yeah, we haven't had in the past. Good. So they're on the uh, on the front on this year. So the we're making progress, Berkey, slowly yeah. and tediously. And yeah. got to change the name back. Yeah, I know it's controversial. Every time I've brought it up with any powers yeah. that be, they yeah. get shut down very yeah. quickly. Even Bob Murphy got in trouble for writing about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a money thing, mate. They what, they don't want to be confined to just Footscray. They want the West. That's fine, but yes. Western is just so vague. Yeah, so we've yeah, got one game in Ballarat this year, so oh, yeah, that's our, good. Uh, but our when our is last it? Last game of the year. Well, uh, so but so that's what March. Yeah, end of March. Well, oh, that's much better than playing there in September. Or <laughs> <laughs> <Well, Yes>. August. <laughs> yes. But tell you what, it's it's yeah. all right going up there. That Tommy, you actually look forward to it. And, and look, I love the people of Ballarat. I love the ground. But I tell you what, playing up there yep. when it's windy it yeah. is hell. Yes. Yeah, uh, sitting in the commentary box when it's actually shaking. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not much fun. Yeah, and and by the way, if, I, I bet there are people listening to this uh, podcast who have never been to an AFLW game at Wittenoval, but I genuinely think it's one of my favourite sporting experiences because what Wittenoval does, and a lot of the clubs don't do this well, but we do, food trucks, bouncy castles, lots of areas for the kids to just run around, and the yeah. vibe at an AFLW game, it's like like you said before, like these players aren't paid enough to be yelled at. Yeah. The crowd gets that, so the vibe is very. If we win, great. If 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 a player loses, it's a lot. It's really supportive. There's no drunk dickheads except for me. Yeah, and I'm not hurling abuse yeah. at anyone. I thought I tried to get us all booing Katie Brennan, yeah. but I was, I was. It was not a popular choice. So yeah. it's just such a positive experience, it, and it is. And yeah, I I jump on the social media and look at the Western Bulldogs fan sites and everything else. It's just so positive. Mm. Yeah, um, there's no bagging the players and. Oh, it's bloody great. Like that. It's, uh, it has, whilst you've got your, your, you know, your football lovers that come along because they, they love football and they love the Bulldogs, it's generating its own audience as mm. well of just yeah. people who will come along, bring the kids, let them run around yeah. in front of you. Uh, it's safe. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good night. And it's the good old suburban grounds. Berkey, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, uh, just you. where are we going to finish this year? With Premiers, yeah? Yeah, mate. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, absolutely. Lock it in. Get in the car, I get on my way. Riding on past where the doggies play. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8 Star Energy, creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook. What they say, there's no fast way out of footscray. Says I'm grinding and a groove, and when I go there, line sticks tail in my underwear. What the hell did I just find? There's no fast way 